Hey everyone, welcome to episode 116 of the Fitness Devil Podcast. We've got Carol McDonald on here today. We're going to get into her work at uh, The Art of Getting Shit Done. That's her website and her podcast. And we're going to talk about uh, the background going into what seemed like quick success for her. She's gotten a lot of traction really, really quickly with her work, but there's a lot that existed before anyone saw it. We talk about productivity for enthusiasts and for coaches. And do you need a clear end game in your fitness business? Stick around and enjoy. Shut up and sit down. Hey everyone, it's Andrew Coates here. Uh, Dean is a little under the weather, but he's here in spirit. So we'll, or actually, he's here in presence. Maybe he's a bunch of spirit. I think I'll be good. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll see how this goes. We, we often fail to introduce ourselves, so I'm sure there are people who you know, hear it early on. It takes them a little while to figure out who is who. But uh, I think the personalities are a little different, so you should be okay. But more importantly, we've got uh, our friend Carolyn McDonald back. So, Carolyn, if you haven't you know, found out about Carolyn before, She's the director of operations at examine.com and she's got her own website and podcast are getting shit done, which has been well taking off. So we wanted to talk a little bit about that, but uh, it's great to have you back. Thank you for having me. And also uh, that's really generous taken off. Mm. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we get, we get made fun of cause well, we've been told we don't banter with female guests the same way, but, but the truth I is, mean, you guys are misogynistic assholes, let's, right? Well, I'm going to be that right now. It's like, it's like you come on a podcast with us, and then like all of a sudden you have your own fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did steal the idea from you. I uh, Andrew and I, and set I up think, the podcast for me. And I think like I'll say it every every time you post something about it, but like I'll probably always make a comment forever. But like already getting shit done, I think like that was like partly my idea. <laughs> um, remember, I said and, I said I have a PhD in getting shit done. You're like, oh, no. I love that. No, no. So here's the thing. It's not partly your, your idea. It's all your idea, except okay. I was smart enough to jump on it and then trademark it, then use it for myself. Yeah, I would Same. rather you do that. I would, I would, honestly, <laughs> I'm totally cool with that because then, then like something that I thought of, I don't actually have to fucking do. Because like, you know what I mean? Like, Dude. I would rather you use it because you're, you're actually envision, you embody Dean is the idea man for this stuff. I mean, it was his idea to start this podcast, Nasty. <laughs> it actually was his idea yeah. to bring together the uh, the strength symposium, the I don't actually do it. 2019 one that we hosted that you spoke at. So, and then now he's just got to ah, going to work on the other stuff. And uh, so then me and Somerset and uh, our partner John are going to like continue on with that one. So. Dean is essentially Dean's brain is like a gold mine essentially yeah. that's that's what it is because I remember I actually re-listened because I'm a narcissist I re-listened to the episode <laughs> that I was on last time and I was Dean was just like do you know what you should do you should just start a business called the art of getting shit done just GSD and I'm like hmm yeah exactly. there it was <laughs> exactly I, I'm I'm the I'm in the embodiment of altruism that's like my whole goal in life is to help people help <laughs> As many people <laughs> as possible. <laughs> Sorry. Here are free ideas. Now, of course, everybody's going to be like messaging in his inbox, his DMs, and be like, hey, do you have any ideas for me? Yeah. Quit your job. So, you know, <laughs> the ideas that originated with Dean, uh, and we were talking about uh, already getting shit done. So, you, despite the humility about it, we've actually seen a lot of quick success with it. Uh, your articles are getting read. Your podcasts are getting downloaded. 
And across the industry, people are picking up on what you're doing and enjoying it a lot. We've had a lot of big name guests on the podcast already, more planned. So I guess traders are seeking quick solutions to brand explosion. We know that, like they're always looking for that hack, that quick way to become, go viral, I think is, is how most people think about it. But a lot, of, a lot went into the website and the podcast and kind of your network and connections leading up to it. So it's not like you came out of absolutely nowhere. So could you take us through the groundwork leading to how this stuff has done well? Um, so to be quite honest with you, when it comes to my network, it's all pretty accidental. Like I don't, I don't go to conferences typically, uh, nor do I go to events and try to like meet people, uh, who I think have influence. I just have this philosophy, which is, uh, especially if you find yourself liking someone, just be as nice to everyone, as many people and everyone, uh, despite your first impressions because you never know right uh that and like i was always the new kid growing up so i have this like constant thirst to be liked and make friends <laughs> so uh that was what initially built my network so for the first year leading up to the fitness summit um i forced myself to go to a lot of like different dinners to a lot of social events um where i just made friends with everyone and the people I made friends with happened to include influencers like Alberto, the macro wizard. Um, and then you guys, uh, like I didn't know offense. I didn't know who you guys were <laughs> until, yeah. until you guys went home to oh, Edmonton. Oh, Edmonton. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, Carolyn, this is what we have planned. <laughs> Do you want to jump on board? I'm like, Oh shit. I just thought you guys were, you know, a peasant peasants yeah, like exactly. me. Um, so big time. You guys are, you guys are so big. Podcasts are big. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Your podcast is so big. Thank you for considering my, a peasant such as myself. But yeah, um, just being, making sure that I was grateful, making sure that um, I was open to having relationships with people that I typically wouldn't have if I was just like staying at home and being the anti-social awkward person that I am, allowed me to grow and nurture this network and then um when it comes to the content and figuring out what to do uh, it literally was just like long-term thinking i was talking to lee boys about this and lee boys was just like a lot of people especially in our generation we're constantly worried about doing making viral content and trying to jump onto every opportunity that arises if i was to jump on the first opportunity to create a website um i would have done it last november actually and last November, um, Alberto was the person who said, hey, you should build a website. And Louis Garino said the same thing. And I had actually put together a website called building, buildingonlineteams.com because it was the only idea I could, can come up with at the moment. And I was really close to launching it. But then I, well, combination of imposter syndrome, but also like really, really thorough thinking. Um, I was just like, fuck it. No, I'm not going to do this because I don't know much about it. Uh, <laughs> Or at least I'm not passionate enough about it. So I, I hit the pause button and I waited until I had felt comfortable with um, what I wanted to do and the skills I had, on, that skills I had to develop to do it, and the resources I had uh, on hand to do it. And that was when I uh, met you guys and met Dean and stole his idea <laughs> and launched the Art of Getting Shit Done uh, in August. So yeah, the, the, we always talk about it too with, I don't know, we, we always get on rants about networking and being nice to people, but like long story short is like 
don't be an asshole and don't discount anyone. Cause there's, we were even talking about this before is that there's like this, and I talked about this with my buddy Jeb, who's been on the podcast, but there's like this roller coaster. Um, and there's already a roller coaster that already happened. There's like this generation of fit pros that kind of made it. They kind of all went up together and they made it. And now there's like this new generation of like, we'll call it like 10 years back. But like you can kind of see it with all the fit casts and all these other people, they kind of made it. And now there's this whole new generation of trainers that are coming up and trying to make their careers the same way as all the people who laid the foundation before us. And it's just if you if you kind of neglect the fact that there's this this movement happening, you'll you'll turn away a lot of people that are going to be something. Not that they're not something, but there's there's a career late into their 30s and into their 40s where they're going to start being those people that we looked up to. And if you discount people at these types of events, you, you'll miss out on that movement. And there's also yeah. this idea too, taking it one step further, it's the proverbial, be nice to people on your way up because you, they're the same people you're going to be meeting on your way back down. Yeah, right. Absolutely, because um, we all make mistakes, right? We all fuck up somewhere down the road, whether it's like early on in our career or uh, much later on when we're very established. And when that moment comes, if you have no friends, if you've burnt the bridges early on, they're not gonna. No one's gonna be there to help build you back up. And that's that's the issue about that. Um, also, I I have a little example that will uh, make Andrew smile because he loves he loves justice. Uh, so, <laughs> so a few years ago, when Saul and Kamal started taking me to conferences with them, um, the the ongoing trend was every time like a fanboy or whatever came up to Kamal, they wouldn't say hi to me at all or acknowledge I exist. And and I, I kind of understand why it was because I was just this like tiny Asian girl who like they didn't really recognize because I was like working on the back end of exam and I wasn't um, put into the public eye yet. Um, so they, they like didn't say anything. So down your, a few years down the road, uh, I recognize a few of these folks because they started to cold email me asking for jobs. <laughs> <laughs> so see, and just, and just like grinning ear to ear. <laughs> I love shit like this. Yeah. And I remember like reading one of the resumes. I was just like, I remember seeing this guy in Chicago and like, he didn't even like, he actually made eye contact with me but did not say hi and just kept talking to Kamal. Then when he said bye, he still didn't say bye to me at all. Well, so I was just like. <laughs> in one defense to that, and like I, they probably, who knows what they meant, but like fitness professionals, I don't know if they like missed the boat. Maybe they just don't have other, other jobs other than fitness stuff, but like they tend to be like super bad in social situations. Not that they're all introverted, but like they don't even know like the pleasantries of those types of conversations. Like, you, I don't know. I, I go to I go to these conferences and like I notice it. It's just like a bunch of introverts. There's some for sure. Like well, shit. I mean, when we when we had uh, strength symposium, the 2019 one, uh, I realized in the end, like we're trying to like you know have it as a social event. I think almost all of the speakers presenters were introverted. It's like holy shit, <laughs> this is gonna be fun. Well, just a skill you pick up. Like, if, you go, if you go like if you've been in any other careers or anything, like you'll go to other conferences, like even like a sales conference. Like, that's kind of what they do is they like they know how to say hey and they know how to say bye. They know how to ask like questions that they don't really care about, but they can still spark the conversation. Like that, like I don't, I feel like that doesn't happen, which is a huge part to networking. If you read any networking book, it's like, those are the things you do. And if, for whatever reason, it seems to be like shittier in the fitness industry. So I'm going to, I'm going to think about, or I'm going to look for the best in those people. I don't know if they meant to do that, but I, but who knows? We'll just say that they did because it's, it's funny. It's, that way. it's what Mark Fisher has said numerous times is and I always credit him with. This is 
unconditional, uh, it? unconditional positive regard. So when you see someone who is having a bad day or is just negative and you encounter them, whatever, don't assume that they're trying to negatively affect you and your day. Don't assume that they're, you know, just a straight out asshole. There might be something going on in their world that mm-hmm. you don't see beneath the surface. And I know this stuff's a little bit cliche too, but it comes down to the whole thing. Like, you know, be nice. You don't know what someone else is going through. And yeah, there are definitely going to be some people who would have looked right past you because all they thought about or cared about was, Hey, I want to talk to this, you know, quote, important person in their mind. And then they, they generally just don't acknowledge the little people are the unknowns. And that, that's a giant mistake. I think that's a very, very dangerous mistake to go to. Plus you're little. Any events like this. I am, I am pretty tiny. Uh, Lee Boyce refers to me as the child. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm actually okay with that nickname. Even if it like, has some like negative connotations, it's hilarious. Versus the Hobbit. Yeah, it's way better. Uh, well, the Hobbit's way better, but like you can like that would you get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you are right. Like it's a it's a very dangerous game you're playing if you're if you're obviously in social scenarios just to network and yeah. <laughs> because you find yourself it could be intentional, it could also be unintentional. But if you're there specifically to just network and get as much like impactful like contacts as possible then you're gonna find yourself ignoring the smaller folks or the folks that you don't instantly recognize and and like regardless of your intentions like intentions are great but intentions aren't everything uh the final result is you have ignored someone i think something else is really important to point out too is because we do end up talking about you know the networking aspect of our industry a fair bit on the podcast certainly today this stuff i I don't think it's a very good idea to go out with the intention of quote networking. I think professional networkers can kind of be a little bit weird instead go and enjoy and, and meet people and enjoy people go in with no expectations or agenda as to what you can gain from the whole experience. Uh, the first event that I went down to, which would have been the three Kansas City fitness summits ago. And I knew personally two people who were attending and I had one more on Facebook who I had sort of like barely interacted with. And then I met a shit ton of people. I didn't go down there. Like, hey, this is the grand plan. Later on, we're going to have a podcast. We're going to host our own. So I didn't have a goddamn clue about the plausibility of any of these sort of things. This stuff all just very organically happened later in a large part due to either ideas inspired by that particular event or connections made at that event. But there was no agenda other than, hey, I'm going to go down and experience this. I want to see these speakers present because a whole bunch of people that I like and I want to go and like listen to them. It turned into something way, way, way crazier than I could have ever imagined. Well, plus like there's this one, I don't know, I call it fanboying. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but like if you go to these things, like there's going to be generally a lot of these conferences have speakers that we look up to or like have learned from. And if, if you go into them with the intention of like, like befriending that, like it's just, it's just like, you can smell it from a mile away. So like, just, yes. don't be, just don't be that person. Like, and I know that then it's calculated. You're trying not to be that person, but like, just don't go in with any expectations. Like Andrew says, like, I don't even know why we're like, I guess what we're trying to get to is like all these things that you have done was because you went to these things with like the intention of just like going to an event and enjoying it for the sake of enjoying it. And then all these things tend to happen. Yeah. Where like, I can't say the opposite is true, but I mean, like it's a much I don't know. I feel like it's a healthier way to build those relationships if they're like, 
if there isn't like an ulterior motive behind it. And I guess that's yeah. definitely a normal thing to say, but like, I truly think that it's a better way to go about things. Yeah, because it's less transactional, right? Would yeah. you be more willing to help someone who approached you because they know you have something to offer? Or yeah. would you be more willing to help someone because you have years of friendship with them and yeah. you know that they've always had your back? When I've been part of both and like transactional relationships, like they work, but like they just don't feel that great. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and I've got to look into the details of them, but I mean, like, they do have their merit, but like, if that's what you're going in for, like, again, you can still smell it from a mile away, especially if you don't have much to offer. I think that's something you get when you have like a background or a business, because those types of things have to happen to grow. Like that's any bigger business is going to have transactional relationships, but it feels way better to not approach it like that. Especially yeah. as someone who's new or up and coming, like you don't have shit to offer. <laughs> like, yeah, I have like nothing to offer. Like I yeah. said this uh, with uh, Mike Israel was on my podcast and I was just like, I, at one point I stopped everything. I'm like, guys, if you want money from me or whatever from me, <laughs> I have nothing to <laughs> offer you. <laughs> but uh, like that being said, I might just be full of bullshit when it comes to like the whole networking thingy. I might just be a snob about it. Like, you don't know, right? Because, like, at the end of the day, I uh, mentioned this to Andrew a few weeks ago. I'm like, I think, I think I, I like, I benefit from being very genuine and just like, I don't know, genuinely interested in people. But yeah. then also, like, I just happen to have, like, Andrew as my mentor, who also is like the big brother I never asked for, but thank God <laughs> he's here. Because, like, when the time comes uh, and every single time, Andrew always steps up and he's like, no, you have to meet this person. And then he would just like fucking force me to say hi to someone. Even when like I, I don't even reply. I'm like, I'm like, oh, maybe. And then like two seconds later, he's on like a Facebook messenger group chat. And he's like, okay, meet Carolyn. Carolyn, meet this person. You have to talk to each other now. Bye. I'm like, oh. I, I that shit with everybody. <laughs> yeah. Like Sam Spinelli uh, messaged me yesterday. He was looking to connect with some people or some ideas about a project he's working on. So I'm like, okay, cool. Here's a list. I just started like creating these group messages and linked them up with a whole bunch of people in the industry. And so it helps him with what he's doing. Now everybody was like super happy to be involved in it. So I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, so I think we talked about this last time, but <clears throat> sort of when I met Carolyn, I'd had, we'd had Louis Gorino on the podcast and you and Louis are very good friends and, and live in. Ew. <laughs> but, uh, I hadn't uh, met Louis in person, but we just had him on, on air and so I read to you guys, I got a, sort of a, a photographic memory for the stuff in kind of an elevator, just outside the elevator. So me and Lou were all excited to see each other. And then you're there with him. And then through that and interactions, you just decided like, yeah, you're my friend and that's it. And I, I remember for a big chunk of one of the days of the conference, it was just kind of me and Brett Contreras and Lee Boyce just standing off to one side, all the big tall guys and do they And Lee did the same sort of shit. Lee just like decides like, hey, we're friends. It's like, brother, here, give me your phone number, shit like that. And just we just hang out over the side the whole time. And then Carolyn just comes over with us and just hangs out with all the giants. And I think Melody Schoenfeld did the same sort of thing. She just made sure she got some pictures because Melody is literally half her size. But that goes back <laughs> to the same thing we're talking about is like, especially like we'll, we'll talk about like even Mike, for example, or even Lee. Like there's these people that have done things. They deal with transactional relationships all the time. So like, again, they can sniff that out. And especially like, like you said, if you have nothing to offer, like just be yourself. Cause like at the end of the day, that transactional relationship is, is so easy to spot, especially for people that deal in that on the day. And like, you guys are just hanging out because you're big and you have all muscles and you like working out. Like that's, that's, that's enough to be friends on a normal day. 
Like they don't need to hear your fucking spiel about this business opportunity that they have. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because you know, you fucking know those people. It's you're like you're just waiting for them to fucking say, like, just tell me your elevator picture, you fucking idiot. <laughs> The irony of this is Dean just organically goes and meets Mike Dola from Stronger You at the conference. I brought him two years ago down to it and like hangs out with Mike T. Nelson and meets all these other sort of people. And then somehow they just all buddy up and they get these, yeah. these ideas for a business venture. It's because I just, don't it's because I don't have an elevator pitch. Like I, I'm like I fucking hate elevator pitches, by the way. So like whatever. If, so I, ever wrote, I, like, if I ever wrote a book about like business, I'd be the worst because like I'm like Fuck your elevator pitch. No one wants to fucking hear your elevator pitch. Like, like the second elevator pitch comes up, they either think it's MLM or you're trying to sell them your shitty business. And even if it's not shitty, the fact that you have an elevator pitch, they already think you're shitty. Because, like, I swear to God, here's one of my favorites. You want to like surefire way. I will not accept a Facebook friend request if the person's bio says I help fitness professionals. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, like elevator pitches. I, I maybe I'm wrong, but I think they're outdated. Yeah. I actually agree with that, and I refuse to use one in my own bio as well. I, I know a lot of trainers do it, and actually, it's fine. Like you, I use my personal Facebook as a very much a, a you know a business brand identity thing. But at the same time, there just is something that I don't dig about seeing that kind of cliche bio. And I know where it came from, and, and I know that it was something that was sort of taught to people to hey to do this stuff. But I think now it sort of shifted and it's so ubiquitous that it's like kind of cliche. Yeah. Have you ever seen Mad Men? Like it's totally like sex. Oh man. Yes. But like they all made business deals by like getting drunk. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, and like, and like fucking like going out the strippers, like horrible, but like getting drunk, going to strippers and talking about who, like what girlfriend they have that month. Now let's just change it to our generation where like Mm -hmm. females are cool too. And like, they're not like down upon like that show. (laughs) Like that's that these conferences are that fucking thing. Like that's no one. They're not putting their elevator pitch. They do, but like they wait to ask. They wait for the, them to be like, "Yo, what do you fucking do?" Not like let's. You can see. Fucking- you can literally see. It's like they're kind of shaking. Like you're, they're <laughs> shaking and they're like pacing. They're like, "When are you gonna ask? When are you gonna ask? <laughs> let Let me shine. It's my moment to shine." It's like, "What do you do for a living?" Oh, I'm glad you asked. I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> fuck you, Bob. Fuck you." <laughs> well, see, you're sexist now. Of course, it's Bob. What if it was Jacqueline? You ever think of that? I well, that, little I do that. you know, I am also a misogynistic asshole. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's let's let's. Okay, no, we'll talk. Yeah, we, we gotta, gotta bring this one we, back. We, we gotta bring this one back to finish. <laughs> no, like, and again, you you said you've been surprised with the quick success of the art of getting shit done and, and the articles and the podcast. But trainers are often seeking solutions to to brand explosion, regardless. So, yeah. but a lot went into this. Before, we went through it beforehand, but your industry. Oh, I, 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 you're reading the wrong question. What? No, no. You're reading my question. Again. I mean, oh fuck yeah! I did read the wrong question. See, I told you he was off today. Oh. I did this once, so now <laughs> I did this once a long time ago. I think you should just ask the question for me because then it seems weird. All right, fine. Okay. <laughs> See, this is this is like I I'm not editing this out because I don't give a fuck. That's yeah. kind of our our, our, our production time. budget isn't that high. Okay, so what Dean was supposed to ask you was. We talk a lot about this stuff uh, in the past about productivity for fitness professionals. That's a big part of your thing. It's your website. Um, and most of the same principles apply to people and their fitness goals. So both in getting started and staying on track. So how can we apply some of these getting shit done lessons to the enthusiasts that listen and also for the coaches to work with their clients? Nailed it. 
Nailed it. <laughs> uh, do you mean in terms of like uh, the tools or for for like the layperson, regardless of whether or not they're like yeah, totally. pros? Yeah, um, I, I think it, it's the same tool that can be used universally. So like uh, when I launched Art of Getting Shit Done, the only reason I had marketed directly to the fitness pros is because that just happens to be the social group that I'm part of, right? Um, the end goal with Art of Getting Shit Done is just to help people in general, especially like anxious millennials who are still ambitious, but just like struggling to get shit done. Uh, so I talk a lot about motivation psychology, which I won't delve too much into, um, but I think everyone should study more up on it. Um, go to Dr. Lisa Lewis's website or just ask her uh, to talk a little bit more about it. But it, it applies to everything. Uh, intrinsic motivations, always a little bit better than extrinsic. Uh, don't focus too much on rewards. Focus more on how it's going to help you long-term and what it, how it makes you feel, right? Uh, because like focusing only on like, if I do this, then I'm going to make X amount of money can only get you so far, you're going to burn out, you're going to start losing traction, and then you're going to become distracted. Um, but the one major thing I always kind of preach uh, when it comes to just getting shit done in general, whether you're a fit pro, whether you work in finance, by the way, I'm sorry, I hate finance bros, uh, <laughs> or whether you work in like accounting is uh, accountability. The first thing you need to do whenever you you venture off into like a new project or a new goal is to tell a few people, especially people that you hold up to high, in high regards about your intentions and how you plan to actually com like complete that task or reach your goal because now you're going to feel that pressure. Now you know that people are watching you and people are going to notice if you have decided to just go, fuck it, I'm not doing this or like drag your feet because people are going to start asking you questions. Like, for example, when I started this website, um, Andrew, Louis, Alberto, <laughs> and like even Dean, when I was in Edmonton, were up my ass asking me like, what are you doing? Like, what's next? Like, what are you working on? What is your direction? And giving me feedback. And that's because I had announced what I was doing and they were all focused on just making sure everything was okay and keenly interested in my success and my progress. And when you have people like that, you will always move forward. You will always continue moving forward. And that, that is the, uh, that's the only thing you can really hope for when it comes to just getting shit done. The mm -hmm. reason why people don't get shit done is because they don't have accountability. It's because they don't feel the need to move forward. They become stagnant and then they quit or they forget. Another, another big thing to that, is, and probably the reason why a lot of us cared was because, and we even get this because of the podcast, like people ask all the fucking time, like, how do I start a podcast? They just ask and like they, we give our time away and like we, at this point it's, it's, it's not going to happen for most of the people that ask. Like we know there's going to be no follow through. So when someone actually like asks questions and meaningful questions and actually does something like that's not the norm. And so when you do it, you end up getting this huge rush of like support because it's so, it's actually, I can tie this in really, really well. Do you remember <laughs> Jeb, Jeb Johnson yep. made this great post about, how when you fantasize about achieving your dreams, yes. it actually blunts. And there is some psychology, there's some yeah, evidence no, 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 research. And you get the reward sensation of having achieved it, yeah. and it actually can work against you getting it done. So for some people, the action of asking about doing yeah. things, and this will probably relate to what you're doing, 
asking about doing things feels like they're accomplishing something. And I think it's really important. If you're genuinely interested in doing something, ask people who know and then act upon it. I'm not well, suggesting it, anyone doesn't do that, but it be looks very, really bad if you be don't. very careful about feeling fulfilled by taking the earliest baby steps, putting your toes in the water, but then you don't end up jumping in and doing anything about it. What even the tie to the accountability piece. So like you're doing it because of accountability. And I would say like most people just do it because it's like the first thing that comes to mind without understanding that there has to be some accountability to that. Because if you don't do it, the negative is that everyone thinks you're a fucking loser. Like I, yeah. I don't care what that means, but like it's, it's true to some degree. Like you, there's like these people that just ask and ask and ask and I should do this and I should do this. Stop fucking putting it out there if you're not going to do it because you don't think you're accountable, but people think that you're trying to do it for accountability. And when you don't do it, you're just a loser. Yeah. Or, or you're full of shit. Or like, you're just full of shit. Like, because the second you put it out there, like it is a thing that you either have to follow through with or at least update people. Like I decided not to do this because of this. And usually what happens is they just ghost the whole idea. And you're like, people remember like, fuck. Like, I remember everyone that asked me about the projects to do it. Maybe that's just my brain, but it's just like, I, I can list like probably like 15 projects that never happened and were ghosted by people that asked the shit. It happens. Here's something that I do specifically, and there's been a few instances of this. When something comes together and there's a cool project, I don't even mention it on social no. media until it's fairly concrete. When Dean and I got into the podcast, we put down the groundwork, we talked to people, you know, sort of privately, put in place, got did the work, and then finally when it was ready to be launched, that's when it went on social media. Uh, same thing, I've said this before, when I got asked to write for T Nation, get my mouth shut, told a few people close to me, I still had to go and put together an article. It still had to be accepted. It was. I kept my mouth shut publicly. Anyway, waited, waited, because they have their publication schedule. And then finally, when the article was released and it was actually official concrete, can't take it back, that's when it hit social media. The same thing, We yeah, we're talking about uh, Evolve Strength Symposium 2020. Uh, we haven't publicly announced anything. I've talked to a lot of people now that the lineup is settled, uh, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to mention that yet. In fact, our next episode, well, I'll say this, Christian Thibodeau is our next recording episode. <laughs> Christian <laughs> is in our lineup. So anyone listening, if you're catching here first, Christian Thibodeau is one of our 10 but, speakers. But even with that, so like, and this is why I respect you for what you've done is like, even with our symposium, like everyone on that thing didn't want to talk about it until like we absolutely knew because they were all kind of from the same ideology that like, like this has, you can't just like say these things are going to happen because like you'll let people down. And like with yours, you basically did it and you put so much work on the back end before you actually did it that I was like, we're totally different where I will just do it. Like I will actually just get shit done regardless if it sucks or not. You like made it perfect and then you released it and it's like, you talked about it and it happened to like a very high standard for your first project. Like that's fucking nuts. Your articles are like, like edited and they have like this beautiful, like you go on the website and it looks great. Like what the fuck? Thanks anyway, guys. Don't make me ugly cry. Oh my there's, God. There's something, there's something important there too. If you're someone listening to this and you're going to be very careful and try to polish and perfect whatever you're about to release, be careful about that too, because you know perfectionism is a form of procrastination, and mm -hmm. you'll never feel like it's good enough. You'd be surprised when you finally start putting stuff out there. I mean, believe me, probably so many episodes that we've done that like there are elements of clumsiness or whatever that isn't perfect about them. And guess what? People that love this show love this show. 
So, and I really am not too concerned with the people who it isn't their thing. Fine. I'm not trying to please them. So I'm not too worried about, Hey, we didn't do that well enough. Let's just scrap that episode. Let's call the guest back. Let's record it again. Hell no. Fuck that shit. This oh. takes enough time as it is to do. So, well, and that's not a knock at you. Cause I think that like, no, it's not Carolyn and I have, we've had this conversation is like, I do things my way and you do things your way, but your way isn't a negative. So for some people, if I were to try to do things like you, I would procrastinate because I, I would use perfectionism to not get it done. But my, my strength is I just have these ideas and I'll do it. And if I don't do it, it won't happen. So, I mean, you just have to know where you lie on that spectrum of getting shit done. Yeah. And, and you also, you guys also have to remember, like, uh, like I said, there's a fine line between uh, perfectionism and just different standards. So, like for me, um, my, my own like internal standards are much higher than the, the average person because I have this insane sense of imposter syndrome. So, yeah. and, and because I'm so new to the industry. So I feel like a lot of my work has to be polished. That being said, like, guys, like I love, I love and appreciate the fact that everyone keeps telling me that my work is polished. But if, if I have to be quite honest, when it comes to my own standards, I'm only, I've only hit 70% before I hit publish. So <laughs> what do you, what, how do you judge that? Do you have this uh, like, checklist? Cause I know you're like kind of psycho in that way. I am a psycho. Yeah. I have this internal checklist on like, uh, how happy am I with this? Does this check off like X, Y, and Z? Okay. Well, if it checks off 70% of my requirements, then fuck it. Fine. I'm that just like going to hit publish. Go like for real? Yeah. Like yeah. 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 It is. It is. And then, and then I say, fuck it. Like there, as long as there are no major errors, I'm going to release everything. And then if like anything's anything gets caught, like I will edit it. So, uh, this is, this shows you how like fucking psychotic I am. And it's weird that Dean, Dean actually like doesn't hate me or like he actually likes me. I consider him a friend because we're so like different and I'm crazy. You, you, Dean. You, you. No, Dean 7% loves me. Uh, (laughs) but like, so whenever I release an article, I'm happy with it at least by 70%, sometimes 80 and I publish. But then a week later, I always take the time to read it with fresh eyes to do another round of edits. <laughs> That's that is super smart, though. If you are involved in writing whatsoever, yeah. one of the best things you can do is to actually step away from whatever you've worked on and then come back to it at least after a couple of days with, with, like you said, fresh eyes. So, no, that's a super smart play. I would delete it after I read my shit. <laughs> that's like, like, that's how different we are. Like, if I had to reread my thing, I'd probably. That's why it. you don't write anything. Yo, because I like change my mind. Like, all this shit we're saying about like getting shit done and fucking like elevator pitches. I'll probably change my mind tomorrow and then speak <laughs> very confidently on the opposite, but I'm okay with that. You know, it's okay. Like you, in, in every uh, group of friends and like business team, you need an idea generator and you need an executioner. You're the idea generator and I'm the executioner. I think like, isn't an executioner someone who chops someone's head off? Oh shit. ESL. Yeah, like that's not. <laughs> um, executor, executor, executor. Ooh, okay. <laughs> You're the executioner. Oh no! The good thing you went back and edited I, I su- that. I suspect it's reasonably appropriate to say it that way. So I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't I mean, everyone sure. got what you meant, but like my my, I went back to like medieval times with like the dude with the hood. <laughs> and then he goes up. He's like, "Would you like to say your last prayers, ma'am?" Yeah, and then you cut the head off. But I, I'm the dude at the top. Is like, yeah, cut his head off. 
society. Like, dear I'm gonna God. round up these people and like they're gonna die. Karen, <laughs> just do it, and then I'll just leave. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, okay. We how do we? If for anyone who says we don't banner, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's, that's an inside joke that will never get old. For anyone who knows, knows. If you don't know, I'm sorry. It's an inside joke. And I know those are the worst when they come off on podcasts, but you know what? Fuck it. What's next? What's the next one for? Well, we really, the next one we're going to ask is really we got it the first round anyway. So let's go into how, let's see. You know what? We never have long style pauses. This is really, except for Andy. This is really weird. Am I bringing out your social awkwardness? I'm joking. Um, no, we're just like, so he's like, sick and I'm probably tired. So with a lot of these podcasts, like, again, we cover a lot of stuff. So we have like this loose outline and it's always nice to touch up on this, but like, and, and we have a script and then we like to touch up on, on questions in order, but then sometimes we just like cover them because we don't like to just have like very robotic conversations. No. The only thing robotic is maybe questions, but like that usually sets up the fucking home run. Um, and <laughs> what, what we, we nailed that one. So like, let's talk yeah, about like, totally. so like many other fitness professionals, you may not have a clear idea of your business end game or even know how to get there. So what would you share with people who aren't sure of the next step? And what would you suggest they focus on kind of while they figure it all out? Oh, that's, that's a great question. So it's, it's actually something that keeps popping up again and again, every time I meet someone new, whether it was like Sohee Lee, Mike Isertel, uh, JC Dean actually recently messaged me. Um, and even Alberto, um, which is like, is it okay to dive into something without knowing what your end goal is or what your ultimate goal is. And the answer has always been a definitive. Yes, it is okay. Because you don't need to start something with everything mapped out already. Cause at the end of the day, like shit's going to happen. Your perspective is going to change. Your priorities are going to change and things are kind of going to go off course. And, and that's not a failure, but sometimes you can't help but feel like it's a failure. But also if you feel like you have to start something only if you have everything mapped out, you're going to procrastinate and just not start at all. So my advice for everyone is pretty much what I did. Um, know what you like and then focus on that and focus on doing it very well. Like for me, art of getting shit done, um, I, I honestly had no clue what my end goal was. All I wanted to do was create content and I had like some type of traffic goal for the first six months and 12 months, but that was just to, that was just a goal to keep me like, going and to know whether or not I'm improving my content and my ability to market my content. And that, that was about it. Um, it wasn't until I think JC Dean messaged me and he was like, what is, what is your goal with this website that I was like, Oh fuck, I have no goal. Is this a good thing or a bad thing? And, and it's not, it's not a bad thing at all. Like, um, what I'm going to do is pretty much the same. Uh, I'm going to focus on writing really, really good articles. And yes, it's fucking weird that I only produce one piece of content a month, <laughs> one episode of my podcast a month, but it keeps me busy and it allows me to focus on the quality and whatever happens, hap- like it'll, it'll come, it'll come. And when you, when you focus on what you do well, the success will actually come organically, right? Because people can sense when you're actually really invested in your craft and the development of your craft, or if you're just focused on creating viral content. 
Yeah. It's like that yeah. whole thing with the networking is you can smell it from a mile away. Yeah. Like even, which is interesting because like everyone's going to do it differently. Like you said, you do once a month and we do it once a week, but it's, it's one of those things where like it works and people don't trash it because it's not, it's like genuine. I don't think a lot of people we've talked to on the podcast. Uh, we talked about Mike Dola and stronger you. I think he comes to mind first and foremost. I don't think Mike could have ever envisioned how successful stronger you would be where it's what it's become when he first started, you know, in his episode with us, he talks about not quitting his job and doing all this coaching himself. And then realize, wait a second, I need, you know, this is growing so effectively due to word of mouth that he has to bring on other coaches. I think a lot of the successful stuff in our world, like a lot of these people did not have a clue what they were doing. I Dean Somerset has written that. I, I remember an old post of his that every successful thing he's ever been involved in, and he's done a lot of successful stuff. He did not know what he was doing. He just stepped into it. I don't think I even responded to a, a, a post recently about not necessarily knowing what's kind of next. I think a lot of our friends in this world don't actually have that mapped out plan. There's nothing wrong with not having one. I yeah. Uh, and yeah. Oh, no, you go. Oh, yeah. So like, uh, so he Lee was the same thing. Mike Israel was the same thing. And, uh, like I find it reassuring to know that, to know that a lot of the really, really big names in our industry, they, they started off pretty much just creating content for the, for the sake of like wanting to do something good. Right. And then it just organically developed into something huge because people recognize how invested they were in the content they were producing and how much work they were putting into like making sure that it was good and useful content. Well, and especially like, like you said, focus on the stuff you like, but if you're going to be, let's just say your goal is to be writing content and like creating this business long-term, like regardless of whatever the goal is, like you have to be that person that, that is doing these things for a long time to make it work. So it better be something you like. And I think like once you build that audience, then you can start doing things that tailor to that audience as opposed to like putting this like facade on for this fake audience that you don't have and end up hating the the platform in which you created, which I don't say like everyone does that, but again, you can smell it from a mile away when someone's being not a pretender, but like they're just not themselves. Like it's, they're like almost copying someone else's path. And everyone that we've talked about has kind of, they haven't ignored the rules of like business and marketing. Like they kind of just organically have done it, but they've all done it their own way because to do it another way probably would have made them not successful. I've seen examples. I don't know about in a broader industry, but at least there's actually a few examples locally with uh, people who open gyms and facilities. And there were some situations where I think people open a gym because they thought they were supposed to open a gym. And at, at a certain point, I can think of two very notable examples. And I don't want to say anything specific where they turn these people who own the gyms turn around and shut them down because the idea of owning a gym didn't align with what they wanted. And the unfortunate consequence of that is it was a headache for these people, but it also negatively impacted employees and members, clients, this sort of stuff. And I, I think in those cases, uh, those individuals end up taking hits. So yeah, I don't think it's a good idea to do something because you think you should be doing it. Do you know what this, this gesture is? This is me drinking tea. This is your, your pinky up. So <laughs> drinking tea. She's drinking tea with her finger up. So fucked up thing. I fucked up my hat, my finger in football. And if I grab a cup, watch if I grab a cup, pops up. So like everyone thinks I'm like that, but like. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> and, and, and Andrew just, Andrew's just like 
spilled the tea, but very subtly, very subtly. So what this is all a reference to is the Kermit the Frog meme of uh, hey, just you sipping tea, but that's none of my business. <laughs> well, it, it's one of those, like, in, in one of those situations, like I was directly involved with it. And it's like, like I can talk about this stuff from the fact that like I've lived through a lot of those things. And even with my own personal journey is like, I've done the whole like be something you're not. And not that it wasn't, what I was, but I was doing like a marketing or like a content I guess map that just was like, I fucking hated it. And the second I stopped doing that, I started start, and whatever, like it just didn't follow the rules. Things started happening regardless of what is supposed to work. It's like, even with Jordan. So Jordan has Jordan side. We've had him on his podcast. He like fucking posts like a million things, but like that worked for that time. It also worked for Jordan because Jordan loved it. Just like with Mike, Mike's on Facebook all day. He like messages, like we have like 15,000 people in the group and like he, he just direct messages and he's just on there all day. Mike does that cause he likes it. If I tried to do that, there, I would, I would fucking hate being on Facebook all day. So it's just one of those things where like, if you know your strengths and you kind of have that self-awareness, like you just have to do, but then there's also that other thing is like people don't take action because they try to find their why or their, or their, their, like what they like. And then it stops them. So I don't know where, I'm going with this, but it's one of those things where it makes sense. I'll use another example. I, I do a ton of in-person coaching sessions. In fact, probably more than anybody, probably anybody else in our industry that we're talking to, or at least way, way out there. I do. Like you're still like a fucking badass trainer. Like you yeah. train all fucking day. Yeah. I, I did 48 client hours yeah. last week exactly. alone, although that's a, a very high week. For anyone like who's listening, well, I, we have a lot of that's that's. Like, and I, and I, I, do, I would hate my life. I, that's my point. Is I do believe that you know if you want to be the fitness solution, you should coach people for sure. But not everybody has the same kind of bandwidth to do stuff like that. I happen to like it. If you like it, enjoy it, great. But if you don't have that much mental energy for it, you you should do the amount that you can handle, and don't do it just because you think you should. Now, again, it's also a very good way to make a very comfortable living an income and that comfortable living an income then affords you the opportunity to do a lot of other things you're interested in. But at the same time, don't be a fake tired person coaching people when you actually hate coaching people. In fact, if that's how you feel, you might even want to reconsider what you're doing in this industry in the first place. It's great that you said that because when I, um, when I first started art of getting shit done, um, for some, uh, yeah, it was weird. The first month I only expected, like my goal was like a hundred visitors, obviously, that did not happen. It was a lot more. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you how much, but like enough for me to go like, uh, I think someone's hacking my system. <laughs> um, but after it launched, I started to get a lot of like random emails and DMs. And it was of a lot of people asking me if I offer consultation services. Uh, it was a combination of people who were being referred to me by like influencers, like fitness pro influencers, which is weird because like I don't have a consultant business uh, or like just people who read my shit and they were like, hey, like I've seen your presentation or I've read your stuff. Like, do you offer any type of services when it comes to like business coaching? I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> and at first, well, actually, at first I was like, uh, how do I say no nicely? Um, so I thought like, throwing a really insanely high hourly rate would have people say no but people actually said yes so i was like fuck okay so i'm just gonna well, be like say that out loud because then it's gonna like well i actually you know i have an idea this is sort of thing i would normally say off air but i'll throw it straight out on air 
You're basically a business coach. You're like, where's the prices? (laughs) Consider this, actually, because if there are a lot of people who are interested in it, you could put them all into a group platform and a, I hate the term mastermind, certainly, but you could have, like, Jordan Side has his inner circle. So there's always a possibility there where that way you could devote a lot of more direct energy to these people, but do it in a group environment where they all get the benefit from the same message. Maybe, but uh, it's got to align. I said no. I I ended up saying no. I already know the story, so I think it's good to finish it. Yeah, I I ended up saying no because I was just like, uh, the money was tempting at first because I was just like, wait, they're saying yes to this like absorbing amount that I'm asking per hour. Like, why the fuck is this happening? Maybe I should consider it. And then Andrew and like everyone's just like, I mean, if you want, you should. And then I sat down like, would I? Would this make me happy? And I and I was like, no, I would hate my fucking life. There you go. I'm not good as a consultant. Like I, I don't, I don't do well when people constantly, like when people feel like they have access to me, that's when I start to break down. Yeah. Yeah. And well, you, you have a full-time job. People forget this, right? You're the director of operations of a big internet company. Well, so. And that's another thing we've touched on before with a lot of our guests, like even with Michael Dietrich and stuff. It's like, there's this whole idea of like, you should like quit everything to do this thing that you think you want to do without having we'll call it a full-time job, but having a source of income that's stable allows you the opportunity to now do these things that you want to do. But if you just start with what you want to do, just in the world we live in, that's a very, very, very big risk. So you can, you can do once a month content because that's within your bandwidth, but you also have the, the safety net of your, your income with a job you like to then grow it at the pace in which works for you because with a lot of this viral content we've been going back to the beginning was like everyone wants to go viral they want to go viral because they need to make money so that they don't fall out of the industry which is like a bad spot to be in when you're making decisions purely on virility or yeah or basically a source of income that is probably not going to happen like that's just i'll give you an idea so we talked about you know the number of sessions i do i write for t nation i am a co-organizer for the Strength Symposium. I do some online training. 98% of my income comes from in-person coaching, 98%. So if you think that all these other things pay a lot or it's easy to generate revenue from all these other avenues, it isn't necessary. There are people who've done very, very well with it, but I agree, don't quit the day job because my day job is what allows me to do all these other passion projects that I really enjoy. So I think you really want to always be working on the day job and make sure that's really strong. And then the other aspects can be extensions of it. Well, just this fairy tale of like, you can create this job that like this career based on what you love. And it's just, that's not, that's not a very logical way in the environment in which we live in. So, I mean, it can happen, but it's like you said, like, it's taken you like months to like set up the platform. Like if you didn't have a job between then or like you weren't willing to put in the work, like you fucked, like you're not going to ma- generate any income on your first blog and your first podcast. Fuck. We have like between both of our podcasts, like 130 episodes or some shit and it doesn't make money. Yeah. So, I, and I, I, I know most people with podcasts, like they lose money. We, so we pay money. I, what? Probably, I probably owe Wait, you some. For, actually, I, mean, I, I, I pay money to host my podcast that I think about. Now that we yeah. don't host and we have a free, it's like, it's, I think it's like a net win because I, I can't remember. Anyways, long story short is like these types of things feed into the bigger picture, but the bigger picture can't be dictated by money because a lot of these ventures, writing, podcasts, even like showing up on other people's podcasts or like even speaking for a lot of these events, like they don't pay shit. 
No. You know what I mean? Like even speaking at events, like their honorariums and all these things, like the people who are making money are like the people who have their own seminars and charging 10 grand a spot. But even that, do the math, if they do five events a year, they're only making 50 grand. They still need <laughs> to work. Um, so anyways, like if you, once you start to like realize, and we talked to a lot of people, how much money is being made on the back end of a lot of these projects, it's not all fucking sunshine and rainbows. Like you need to have a foundation rooted in the stuff that works to then have the opportunity to do these things that are cool and look awesome. Yeah. No, I, I still think those cool and awesome things should, <laughs> in a big way. Sorry, Carolyn. Let's cut be off, used huh? to direct people back to the core business. Now, all right, your turn. We've talked too much. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, that was just to make Dean laugh. Fired up today. I usually don't say shit. Uh, no, I, I just wanted to bring it back to how you both were saying how uh, how it's important to not put yourself in a position where you're creating content purely because it rely you're relying on the money that that content brings in, mm-hmm. uh, because it affects your decision making. And I, I see that firsthand with a lot of different companies, but also with the website that I have today. Um, if I had to completely rely on money, uh, like on my website for money, which I don't know how the fuck I would do that this early on <laughs> in my career, um, most of the articles that have been doing very, very well would not exist. Like for instance, the imposter syndrome article, I wouldn't write that article because when I sit down and think about like content, I wouldn't think imposter syndrome would be a topic that would bring in a lot of traffic, but it just happened to because I wasn't relying on my content as a stream of revenue or like uh, my primary income. And I just made decisions based on what interested me, right? What I wanted to read about. So I wrote the article on imposter syndrome thinking it's only going to get a few hits, but at least I like this article. It got an insane amount of traffic. Not only that, but it got an insane amount of emails and DMs rolling in with people sharing their stories and asking me questions. Um, The Dragon Ball Z article is now like, I think my number one like in terms of traffic. And I didn't even write that thinking that it would bring in traffic. I wrote that because I was just really happy that Mike went on my podcast and he mentioned he really liked Dragon Ball Z. So I was like, just to make, uh, Yeah. Yeah, I was just like, well, he loves Dragon Ball Z. He took the time to go on my podcast and I actually really, really freaking like him. So I'm like, this is just a thank you, like a token of like gratitude. And it exploded. Like within 12 hours, I had like, a thousand reads which is great numbers yeah considering i'm only in i've only released a total of four articles you need to basically what you need to do is get a free ebook um (laughs) get a a funnel like i've read enough on this stuff and then and then you transition them to the high ticket item that's that's you want the answer to how you what's 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 the high ticket what's the high ticket item your coaching service that's shitty. Oh, fuck, away, me the shit I don't want to do. You just, you just gave away all of the secrets, $500 a month worth of business coaching <laughs> that uh, these I guys was, who look like they're about 23 years old and all the Facebook ads we're getting, this is the shit they're selling. Basically, I love making fun of it. It's, it's like low-hanging fruit, but like it does make it, – I enjoy it. But basically, you take your article, and that is an ebook. Now you're an author. <laughs> And then you transition them to the stuff. And like, basically you did it without actually doing it. Like people are asking you, which is like perfect. Cause like, that's what 
all this business advice is like trying to lead to. They're just they're incompetent and can't do it. You've basically done it by again being yourself and writing stuff that's actually good, as opposed to writing an ebook for profit. Actually, yeah. screw the ebook. Fuck the ebook. I actually do have a high ticket item. You want you want to hear that yeah, crazy idea? Right. It's not it. even an idea. I have people invested in it. It's what called it? Bibles and Sit Ups. It's a retreat. Yeah. Um, and Mike Isertel is going to be there. Greg Knuckles is going to be real? there. Lee Peel is going to be there. And Megan Calway. We're just going to like pray and do sit ups. Is this for real? Absolutely. If, if you did that, like, that, you the fucked up. Day. Do you know how much money we would make from like biblical? fitness industry yeah you tie religion you want to tie religion to anything like you're good yeah just put bible quotes on the posters and like i'll just like i'll be like oh spencer nadalski is gonna make uh, <laughs> an appearance and, and then like two days into the retreat i'll be like oh spencer got food poisoning but he will come <laughs> for the next next year's retreat uh, <laughs> and if you're interested in seeing spencer nadalski in <laughs> next maybe, year's maybe, retreat maybe you should buy should, the tickets I, right I now. now someone's gonna listen to this think you're serious and like they I, go mike is gonna get win. emails be like what the fuck is this shit you know what i'm gonna do like uh f- like if people remember then good for them but people probably won't remember on april first or april fool's day i'm gonna i'm gonna create a sign up page for bibles and okay. sit-ups if you can, that's great okay like because i like this stuff and like i think it's like super diabolical but <laughs> i think you could like set it up exactly like like the the prototypical like i'm gonna coach your business like set up funnel do like fucking do it like to a t because they're like you can do this in like one day so you could just do like a really really good version of it and just prove like well, it'll work. That's the fucked up thing. So, like, just prove the worth of, like, the funnel system and do it. I want to, like, I want it to be, like, legit, not just, like, an April Fool's joke where it's, like, you talk about it. Like, it needs to be, like... Oh, you oh, mean, like, I should point. actually run a retreat called Bible well, No, no, no. no. Get to the point where you're about to take their money and then and then, then have the April joke. Well, that's, that's what the sign-up page for is, like, pre-sale. Like, sign up for the pre-sale. Yeah, like, get actual metrics on it. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have an email list and I'm going to be... And I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm going to get so much trouble for this. Probably. Probably. All right. But it'll be okay. We've got, um, yeah, uh, yeah. no, no, actually, I wanted to sort of explain why I was doing this. So I always ask each guest, you know, about books they've been reading, whatever, but actually we're going to pivot off that. And it's partly because we, you, Carolyn, myself, uh, our episode with Jordan Side, our episode with Jill Coleman recently, and a lot of other discussion has really been a lot about spending more time creating and less time consuming. So I actually am thinking, you know, trying to not necessarily drive people to feel like they have to go and read more books. We've had so many recommendations over the last two years plus. So instead I'm going to ask you and, and subsequent guests, what have you been enjoying in your downtime? Cause we also have to create time to relax and, and unplug from this constant quest to be successful. Uh, what are your preferred types of entertainment in your downtime? Oh, fuck. Uh, Dean Guido, you're going to fucking think I'm crazy again. It's right. like every time we meet, you you always go like, Carolyn is just worse I, than I imagine. Don't, so don't tell the I main hobby I have, uh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm actually, oh, I'm actually going to go do this or like do this hobby or whatever, uh, do this activity uh, in two hours, actually. Um it's what? Trampoline fitness? Trampoline fitness, yeah, right. Uh, no, it's cleaning. 
Uh, uh-huh. so, so I like to go into my friends' homes and oh. just like Marie Kondo their place, but not just Marie Kondo their place. Like I bring in like my Lysol wipes, which I love the lemon scent the most, but they just came out really? with the, yes, really? they just came out with the linen scent, which is nice. Um, and I bring in my, a pair of my dust, <laughs> I just died. Um, my dusting gloves. Mm-hmm. I have the ones with no fingers, but I also have the ones with fingers. It gets into like the little crevices properly. And my Dyson. And basically what happens is like I put away my phone and for an hour or two, I just clean my friends' homes um, to the point where like it's it meets my standards. And like Andrew's been to my condo. I'm very, very clean. Um, And it makes me happy. Like when my friend Jenny, whose home I'm going to today, asked me what I wanted for Christmas, I said, let me clean your home. So uh, I'm doing it in different phases. This is phase two today, and I'm sterilizing her fridge. <laughs> can, you least, can you at least like tell me, so like, be honest with me, did you do this before that fucking TV show came on? on yeah, Netflix? yeah, I did. Okay, uh, so I have, I have more respect for you in that sense, because if you just did it as a copycat to try to get famous. No, 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 no. I, this is, this is literally have like, I remember when I was in college, my mom like woke up in the middle of the night because I had like a stressful exam week and like she went into the kitchen and she's like, what are you doing? And I had all the uh, fridge drawers pulled out because I was just like cleaning and sterilizing the fridge. Why don't you just get a cleaning job? Like go be a I do, because it's not a hobby and enjoyable if you get paid it, for it. That's, yeah, that's that's exactly. Like, we we've just been talking about doing stuff you enjoy getting paid. No, for. no, I don't. I don't. I don't <laughs> trust strangers' homes. I only trust my friends' homes because I can only handle X amount of like surprises. Well, <laughs> I don't want. Take you loose in an actual hoarder's home. Just do it. Do it for like a, really a, like an exorbitant amount of money, and then do it like. Oh my god. Years. It's crazy. So uh, in the UK, there's a show called Obsessive Compulsive Hoarders. And I watched that during my free time as well. And I tried to sign up for it, but I got rejected because uh, they don't accept non-UK citizens. You're not a hoarder. <laughs> no, but they bring in people with OCD and OCPD into like hoarders homes. Oh, and they- <laughs> yes. And then they give them like a whole week no. to completely take apart the home What's like get rid of shit obsessive compulsive cleaners oh my god that's such a good yeah it's on youtube they have like those episodes on youtube obsessive compulsive cleaners it's based out of the uk so they t- bring in like a team of two ocd cleaners <laughs> and for the whole week they get to like throw shit out like re-clean stuff bleach stuff vacuum stuff and then like step back and go like you welcome what? <laughs> That's like actually amazing. Yeah, that's 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 my hobby. That's what I do during my downtime. I clean people's homes. I don't I don't think we'll find a better answer than that over the next. <laughs> yeah, that, that set the bar pretty high. Well, I think like a lot of people will tell you the, the normal answer, but like that's like the real answer. Like now I'm trying to think of like what's my real answer. Well, I'm afraid to ask certain people because they're going to get a lot of answers that involve porn. I'm sure of it. So yeah, <laughs> like even this was like borderline like like. You're getting, anyways. I'm not gonna go there. I mean, <laughs> do you know what? I'm. That's probably I'm, why people on the show like it because, like, obsessive <laughs> compulsive. They, they, they probably get sexual pleasure from like cleaning. Oh no, That's I don't. Totally, like, no. You, yeah. It's decluttering sure. your brain. It may, it's like getting I, I like getting that. yourself rid of the anxiety. I mean, it's I'm some, so like, I'm. Serial killer stuff. No, but, you. Like, I've, I'll seen, have, I've, I've seen that show. It's a show called Serial Killers. Um. 
Oh, it's on Netflix. Did you just compare me to a serial? No, I, I mean, it is you, you plausible. Call yourself during this episode a narcissist, yeah, a psycho, and you, and like, you like things like there was like, something else you said that was along those lines too. I can't sterile, remember. sterile, yeah, like that's like that's some Dexter shit. Like that's essentially you just described Dexter and the show like about serial killers on Netflix. I can't really think of it at this moment. And who would ever suspect this tiny little Asian girl? Yeah, like you're literally hitting all the points. Like the only thing that you don't have, and you, or you haven't divulged, is like sexual fantasy about it. And that's like the that's like the kicker for like all the serial killers. Is like guys, but can, but can I add like one little tidbit in? Um, so remember when you messaged me before this podcast and said, uh, "Are you home yet? Like, are you there?" And I said I was walking into the condo with my dogs. I wasn't. I was actually completing uh, a purchase for a Dyson V10 during the Black Friday sale. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes, I have the receipts for that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm okay with that. I would buy Dyson if my wife would let me. I have they work. They work really well. It's two hundred dollars off now. You would, it's, it's, I would rather, but the thing is I'd rather get a new bench bar. So, um, I'm, you could afford both. I can afford both. All right. So if anybody still wants to follow Carolyn after <laughs> finding out about her hobbies and her obsessions, uh, you've got to let them find you. Yeah, where's the best place to find you right now? Like where, where are you putting all your content up? And, this, this sounds so creepy. Where can you find Carolyn? So she, yeah. you can kill her before she kills you. Uh, very, yeah. <laughs> uh you can, no, can you you can find me on artofgettingshitdone.com or find my podcast The Art of Getting Shit Done on Spotify, uh, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, anything but iTunes because iTunes hates me for profanity. Uh, <laughs> you can't, you, you, why don't you just put an explanation, explanation? I did. I'm going through the third uh, submissions. <laughs> I removed like the, the swear word and put it in like the stars. So I'm just waiting to get approved. Okay, good. Yeah, or uh, we'll do that. You still didn't do it. I know. I should have listened to you. Oh well, I I don't listen to you because I was just like, he's just a man. He's just telling me what to do because exactly. I'm a woman and I don't know better. Exactly. You want to go down that road? Like we've never gone down that road. But like, let's do it. <laughs> no, Please don't fire all of us. Thank you. Yeah, watch the the uh, the podcast becomes. We change the name to the Mansplaining Hour. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fuck, fuck you. Person who thinks that. Like, I don't know. One of my best friends in the fitness industry. I can say whatever the fuck I want to you, even though that's the worst way of going about it. But this is a good. That, this is a close friend of yours that said this. No, 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 no. I'm saying you're a close friend. I would. Oh. I would consider us close friends. We talk a lot. Oh, okay, then, God. In terms yeah. of like internet fitness friends, like you're probably in my top ten. No, I thought you were saying like. Uh, it was a close friend that was calling you misogynistic no, before this. People who are close to me understand that I'm definitely not. Um, except me, though. Except me. Yeah, but you would say that. <laughs> say that <laughs> With anyway. a wink, wink, you want nudge, me to call nudge. People on the internet, what you say out loud, I, I we can do that. Like, yeah, we can do that. No. We can do that. <laughs> we should. We should start our own podcast called the Fit Tea. But not not the actual fit detox tea that people think of. More yeah, of like the like we kind of detox our brains and it'd be like a big brain dump <laughs> of all the inappropriate things. Yeah, straight. What is it like that uh, magic mushroom, mushroom tea, tea and then record? Yeah, <laughs> we would all get in so much trouble for that. Oh, no, God. you know it would come out like it would be so fucked. Anyways, I'm not gonna get the mushrooms. You'd be surprised at how many people that I know from my travels, and I I I'm just not into this stuff straight up. I I admit it, but. 
who actually like like doing mushrooms. Like there's some pretty prominent people who really enjoy doing mushrooms in our industry. And yeah. so yeah. be it, right? Like no judgment here. That's so scary. Well, it's, they microdose, but regardless. Oh, okay. So it's like, it's like uh, taking out it all. Uh, no, I, th- I think some of them macrodose at times too. So. Oh, we'll probably, yeah. Go ahead and have a good time. But anyway, it was really great having you on. We've got to go in the fitness industry. We've got to get this week's podcast up. So if you're listening to this now and you want to go back, we we have James Krieger already released from last week. And uh, we brought him back. James is a good friend and an awesome dude. Next week, you, if everything goes according to plan, we'll be releasing Christian Thibodeau. So you'll get uh, another dose of Christian. Christian's been on the past. And I would mention a few names as well. <clears throat> we talked a lot about Mike Dola today. So you could all, yeah, Lisa Lewis. We mentioned Jeb Johnston. We've had them all on the podcast. They're all really amazing people. Just scroll back through the stuff we've released and you'll find that we, we talked a lot about Mike Isertel. We've had him on a few times. He's a blast. And then most of all, go check out Carolyn's podcast too. And thankfully it's not like finding another podcast, another podcast, and like there's a weekly one, it gets overwhelming to consume it all. How many reviews but do you have? Me? Yeah. None at the moment, actually. What? We need to get some. But with Carolyn's podcast, yeah, like she said, it's there's one a month, so you get to like enjoy it as a treat, but it's not overwhelming to try to keep up with all of it. So it's just not throwing more shit that you actually have to consume, and then you can keep focusing on creating like, well, what you've been trying to help people. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm just like Aunt Flo. I come once every month. But in a good way. That's what I mean. Like, if anyone like actually listens to this and they say I pop shit, like this is like that's her and her good best behavior. Like I'm generally like like what you get in this podcast is generally mostly how I am. You're you're like way worse. I just made myself cry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, if you want to, if 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 you want to get a shit done, listeners, like you brought your listeners, like. They should a go review your podcast because that's fucked up zero reviews, and they should review ours. So that's that's our sales pitch, our like messed up sales pitch. <laughs> Four reviews is one like, star. Too much swearing. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, this definitely has profanity, but it's just because like it's one of those things where like what, what do they say about profanity? Is like you have nothing good to say, so you say profanity. It's, like that's pretty much our whole podcast. Yeah. Shit. 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 Yeah. Shit. Uh, yeah. Cool. Please, guys. Bye. All right, so. Shut up and sit down.